Munich Heim Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Munich Heim Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts identifies as a sleeper pick because he naps 75% of the day. That's Lenny. I mean, it times. I wish I could nap 75% of the day. That very faint laugh you heard is from my friend. You know him. One of the hosts of the Around the NFL podcast, Greg Rosenthal. Welcome back to the show. It wasn't, it wasn't that faint. I thought that was a, a nice laugh, an appropriate laugh. Appropriate. It wasn't my best work, but we're going to get up. <laughs> I'm getting ready for the draft, so my mind is very much in that mode. Although I'm not really at the sleeper picks yet. I've been kind of focusing on the first round. I was sending you Bijan Robinson clips. <laughs> For no no good reason at all this morning. Well, other than it's Bijan Robinson clips, yeah, I only needed to see one clip. I feel like I don't really need mu- to know yeah. much more than that. It's like, yeah, Ooh, I mean, who, buddy? I joked about this on Twitter yesterday, but I was like, I am having thoughts that will get me kicked out of MIT Sloan watching this Ooh. man run the football. That's going to be a fascinating conversation about value and talent and fit and. There's so many things that are going to factor into that because I'm going to say it right now. He, to me, is certainly the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley, who we're going to talk about today. Um, so, and I think, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see to see where he goes, where he's being mocked, uh, and I don't know. It's making me it's making me question certain things, certain priors. Well, I like have. the first round contracts are way better than these yeah. Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs contracts. So I don't know. Mid first round for a difference making running back doesn't seem that crazy to me. Although a running back in the top near the top would immediately become one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. So it's like I don't know. A- anyways, uh, this is kind of an interesting. It's like a little bit of a liminal moment in NFL news. Uh, we're obviously coming after Super Bowl. Combine is next week. I'm going to focus on the Combine, my podcast next week. I should say, by the way, if I haven't made this clear already, and I don't think I have, during the offseason, a uh, podcast is going to come out once a week, back to the usual schedule. However, I will be partnership with Omaha, video uh, and audio, so you can check out this podcast. You can see Greg, if you've never seen him before, um, on YouTube. I'll post the links, too. You, your podcast is all video, right? So you're used to this. What, what a treat. Uh, yeah, I know you don't like it. You love keeping that camera off when we usually do this. So I you, do. You're the problem. Uh, we do put ours up on YouTube. We tape in a studio, even if it's mostly for audio. We do have cameras on. I do feel like since you're a three-man show, often with extra people, you really can't do audio only. Or you can't certainly can't have your cameras off when you, do, when you have that many people. Um, but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, I like it. I like, I love being on camera every day. It's great. Um, putting on makeup. Um, no, um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to do the show because like I said, it is a, it is a little bit of a, a transitional moment. Um, we are the, the period during which teams can franchise tag players opened up. Uh, at this moment we're taping on Wednesday Nobody has been tagged yet, but I think everyone has a good idea of certain players around the league. You and I were talking about some of them who might be tagged. And yeah, maybe this feels like a good place to just jump into the Giants discussion. I mean, so I sent you a list of kind of stories and questions, some of the do, which do kind of involve the draft that I want to talk about. And this was number one, because I've actually asked a bunch of smart people what they think the Giants should do with both Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. 
And I have gotten wildly different answers from everyone, Greg. Like, what has been mm. your sense talk? Because it, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be, at least on my end, a consensus as to the exact right thing for New York to do here. See, what, they, what the right thing to do is a harder question than what I think they will do. What I think they will yeah. do is tag Jones and probably not re-sign Barkley, depending on his market. What they should do... In, is in the meantime, I think examine the quarterback market that's out there with the understanding that you're probably going to tag Daniel Jones, but don't be totally locked into that as what you're going to do. I love the idea of one more year of Daniel Jones. I'm sure Daniel Jones doesn't love that idea if he wants $45 million a year, but we can get into that. I think that's probably overstated. That's probably like an angry agent leaking that out there. And he knows he's not going to get that with that tag city out there. Wouldn't it be the Giants wanting people to think he's greedy or conversely setting up their fan base to be less angry when they pay him $38 million a year? Don't, I mean, if he, that, so there have been rumors. This, the number that got out was $45 million. Daniel Jones also switched agents for people who read these tea leaves, there was much to be gleaned from that. I'm not going <laughs> to speculate myself. Um, but it seems to me that the, the party with something to gain from a high number being out there for Daniel Jones would be New York, regardless of what they end up doing. That's true. Although I do feel like they, they truly like Daniel Jones. I think they're trying to get a contract done. I, you know ownership loves him, and I think that weighs heavily thinking back to what happened with Eli Manning and our friend Gino and, and really the entire Eli Manning era. Like the Maras love Daniel Jones, but I am going to wildly speculate and say when an agency gets uh, fired, it's an embarrassing moment oh, in right. that yeah. spot. Mm. And they're mm. excusing the reason that they got That's fired, that this guy is, you know, acting, asking for things that he shouldn't be asking for. That's why he fired us. It, it's hard to square the notion of Daniel Jones having like a high opinion of himself or his worth, which is fine, by the way, with how he presents to the world. Like there is some, there's a little <laughs> bit of a disconnect there, um, you know, with the guy who uh, I think the first time he started showing up for games, there were like memes on Twitter about how he looked like like um, like a your student advisor showing up for class and he was wearing like a backpack and stuff but that doesn't mean that he does, it just doesn't mean anything um so i don't know what's true i do know however that uh if i had traveled back in time if we had had this conversation one year ago and the words daniel jones 45 million dollars left my mouth you probably would have walked off and i mean just shock and I, I think that's what makes this so tricky for me. So let's get into what they should do, the what we or what we how we feel about him and his value in the the team and Saquon. Because the reason I think this is so tricky is I believe two things at the same time. One, I think Daniel Jones played well this year. Um, I think, you know, obviously they saw what he brought to the table as a runner. I think like a group of stats that really captures how he played, seventh in QBR. 20th in DVOA, 33rd in air yards per attempt. So you mm. get the, 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 there's, a, there's a good and then there's the limited, but it was good enough, clearly. And so I think, however, the, the first one thing I think is that based on how he played this year, which I believe was good, certainly at least gives you average level quarterback play, he should not get that big long-term contract based on how he played this year. The problem for me is the second thing I believe is that his situation sucked. 
So in in terms of like interior pass protection, wide receivers dropping passes, wide receivers who we had never heard of, scheme is good, play calling is good. So I do think you got to acknowledge that. So that's what makes it a little hard for me to square those two things because if we saw the ceiling of Daniel Jones, I think giving him a contract would be a huge mistake. But I also think you could credibly argue that based on his circumstances, that might not have been the ceiling. No, I don't think it, it is the ceiling. And if you had told me that this was happening a year ago, I would say, finally, like, Mina can get off my back for writing about Daniel Jones and Drew Locke uh, three years Rising ago. Rising star, making the leap. It, was, it wasn't making the leap. It was guys I was excited to watch. And it's funny because Daniel Jones is a player I've always thought was better than consensus. And now I think consensus is higher than where I see him. To me, he's almost like a a poor man's Geno Smith in the way that I viewed him in that I always thought like if everything was okay around him, he would kind of be that prime meridian quarterback, that he would be fine, that he would, that's better than what people thought. The way that he ran this year didn't totally shock me, but it took a offensive coordinator and and play caller and and Kafka and, and Dayball to really bring it out. They did change who he was, though. Like, he used to be a guy, like, if you look at PFF's big-time throws, yeah, that would push it rank pretty field. high in those. Yeah. It, he used to rank high in those, and you would see some really nice throws. That's Hence the nickname. This year, he was among the worst in the league in terms of big-time throws, and I think that gets to something our friend Nate Tice has pointed out, which is, like, the training wheels were really on in that offense, and they did a good yeah. job stopping him from really going for much and preventing him from turning the ball over, and that's all good. That's all, like, a building quarterback, which is why a one-year franchise tag, to me, seems perfect. Daniel Jones, I think, could get more guaranteed money from the Giants if he wanted, if he was willing to take, like, a Tannehill-Cousins-type 30 something a year contract with guarantees maybe fully guaranteed into year two or and then maybe a thumb into year three if he would take that he'd get more guaranteed money if i was him i'd just roll the dice take the tag and and move on i think the playoffs were like a really good showcase for who they were as an offense this year which is an offense that could absolutely beat bad defenses and an offense that was not never going to be good enough to beat good defenses frankly you know going from minnesota to philadelphia um my question for you is this if let's say they gave him a three plus year three year plus deal or something a little bit longer than the tan hill if daniel jones was exactly the same quarterback you saw this last year in 2023 how do you think fans would feel about that deal hmm i think they'd feel like how they feel about the kirk cousins deal yeah to just be like, eh, I don't know what to feel. I want to do better, but we could be worse. I think if yeah. you get receivers around him, the numbers will go up. And I think the running ability is there to stay. Like, he's not a great runner in terms of, like, making people miss, but he's still going to be fast. And fast. so that adds a dimension to his game. But I don't think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. I, I struggle with him versus Derek Carr, who maybe we'll hit on later on my free agency list, because to me, Carr is more of the you know what you're getting and Daniel Jones in theory has a little higher ceiling but I'm not sure the ceiling's that high I just feel like and this is I'm cuts to what they should do I'm in agreement with you I just don't understand the shame or the the problem with tagging him and seeing if he can make another jump obviously you're gonna have to pay him more money if that happens but like Okay, I don't know. I have this attitude generally, Greg, that like we obsess too much about teams 
getting ahead of a guy's value going up. Let's see. Let's see if it goes up. Like, I I mean, to, I, I really don't think that's an issue because if, if he does take that leap, you'll be thrilled to pay him a bigger contract and have him in your fold for more than three years or whatever. Like, if you get another year of good play from Daniel Jones and better play, wonderful. I, I mean, I, I... And he doesn't seem like the kind of... Like, I mean... I don't think there'll be. An, I mean, maybe, obviously he wants the contract, but he's still gonna. He's he hasn't shown any indication he's not gonna play. <laughs> like I, 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 I don't know. To me, it, it feels like I, there's no harm in waiting to see what you have because what you have, I think, and this cuts to what I said at the beginning, is still kind of an open question because of where he's been so far and the fact, by the way, that for three years he was bad. Like it, you know that happened. So he wasn't that yeah. bad. Are you gonna? So if he does have that good year, though, are you gonna apologize for all the uh, questions? Lenny would have to apologize too. I feel well, like I actually already apologize for Daniel Jones. My, I've already. <laughs> no, said I mean to me. I don't care about Daniel. <laughs> I'm talking about to me for that article that you always mock. It really is just like the only thing that Lenny could come up with. So he's kind of <laughs> out of stuff. But um, I always thought he was. When I say bad for three years. I have always thought he outperformed my expectations of him ahead of the draft, and I've talked about that hmm. a lot. I think now, so I'm kind of in the same boat as you, or like, I even, I taped a pod at the beginning of the year with Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants for us, where he was like, I think we're the only two people who think Daniel Jones is like not terrible. Um, and now it's like, we're talking about, uh, it, the questions are different in a way that, yeah, maybe I'm, low, I don't know where I am on the consensus now. I'm not really sure what the consensus is with him, but I just feel like they should wait. As far as Saquon goes, though, you know, so I don't and think Dable, gonna... by the way, like didn't give him like Dable and this staff was the one who didn't give him the fifth year option. Yes. So I I have my doubts that they really see him as the great long term option. And so kicking the can for one year mm. seems like the way to go. And you almost have to do the dance of like, oh, we're going to make some offers, but we kind of know you're not going to take it. And in the end, we just hope that we're going to use the tag because it's this totally unfair advantage in our collective bargaining agreement that we have and, and you don't. <laughs> and keep keeping Mike Kafka was a huge coup for him and a, and a, a huge reason for Daniel Jones to want to stay there and continue growing, I think. Um, yeah, I mean... As far as what they should do, obviously, this is the most wide receiver needing team in the NFL. I'll be curious to see how aggressive they are, whether they're in like the mix for like DeAndre Hopkins or if I don't know, there's like a potential T. Higgins trade on the table. Names like that, I would expect New York to be pretty aggressive, regardless of what they want for Daniel Jones, because it's just such an area of need for them. Um, and then interior offensive line is the other thing. Those are the, so running back might be the other thing. I should th- nod to that as well because um, we don't know what's going to happen with Saquon. This actually is, I am a little bit less, I have a harder time with this one than the Daniel Jones one um, because it's, it, well, I guess I don't. It really comes down to value. If, if I do think if, you can, if they can keep him on a reasonable contract, meaning less than like what Derrick Henry got, which I don't know if that's plausible, I don't know what other team, though, would give more to him, frankly. So, I mean, I I, hmm. I think Saquon knows the benefits of being in New York, too. Like, he's a superstar there. He's obviously one of the more marketable players in the NFL. I do wonder if that'll factor into his thinking. Um, but yeah, you obviously don't want to give him, like, a big contract. Right. I think the Henry deal was so good because the guarantees were really just the first two years. Yeah. I'm curious because Saquon's 
at a level of not just fame, but just like overall inherent talent that we haven't really seen out of a, a free agent running back in a long time. I mean, there's there's been good free agent running back pickups like Priest Holmes, but you didn't know that he was going to be that guy. Uh, Curtis Martin way back in the day, but I kind of went through it and there haven't been like many premier guys. Le'Veon Bell is another one, but he was coming off that year off and he's still got right. three for 30. The Giants can afford him. They have plenty of cap space. They have a lot of cap space. I tend to tend to think like if he gets to the market, and I think that he will because I think they're going to end up having to tag Daniel Jones, then he'll wind up leaving because I just think they didn't draft him. I always go back to that. It's one of the reasons yeah. why I don't think Daniel Jones is locked in there either. They didn't draft him, and he means a lot to their franchise, and that can almost get a little thorny, and uh, I feel like some other team out there will give him – a great contract. Yeah. Even if they shouldn't, like, I don't think he's quite the, the guy he was as a rookie. He was still really good last year. Um, but it's still some of the things you saw early in his career where he's like pretty low in terms of success rate, like not a favorite of the DVOA crowd. Cause he's still kind of boomer bust, but the booms aren't quite as big as they used to be. I just, and maybe this is cause I was just watching him, but it's like, would you rather pay, $14 million to Saquon or draft Bijan Robinson in the teens or 20s. I would rather do the latter, especially well, with sure. Barkley coming. Sure. But 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 that's the, the teams we're talking about that would potentially be in the market for him. That is the decision that they have to make. I mean, it's including the Giants, by the way. They're a team that could let Saquon dra- walk and draft Bijan. Like, I would, it's. It's not outside, and this is a good running backs draft too. So I, I, I don't know how that's going to end. I do think, and it's a really good free agent market for running backs. Like it's not just Saquon, but it's Josh Jacobs, yeah. it's Tony Pollard. It's very deep with guys like Moster and Damian Harris, where you're getting further down the mm-hmm. list. Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, your boy Rashad Penny. Like it goes on and on. I'm not saying those guys are like Saquon, but Josh no, Jacobs but, and Tony yeah. Pollard like have much better numbers in terms of breaking tackles and success rate and probably will come yeah. at least Pollard at a cheaper rate. So my, my feeling is that this Giants regime, to your point, is not going to be overly brand. Like, I, I do think they'll be pretty cutthroat when it comes to Barkley, but I do also think it's possible that Barkley takes, maybe because of what you're talking about, the the free agent class less than people might have thought at the beginning of free agency. So we'll see if he comes back. Um, yeah, Bill, Bill Barnwell in his column talk, uh, talking about the Giants thought that they would bring him back. Um, and he wrote four years, 52 million, which where, you know, uh, only a couple of years are guaranteed, which seems like a lot, honestly. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be, it's an interesting Like the prices option. are going to go up. That's just how they go. Yeah. The, the salary cap went up. And then you do think about guys like Bud Dupree and these defensive linemen who get 20 guaranteed. Like it, they do need offensive playmakers. And that, that is an issue you, you raise. Like if you don't have Barkley, like you, he is your best He's skill your best position skill, yeah. player outside of, you know, right now. Um, okay. Speaking of the draft, Chicago Bears. Uh, a lot of smoke around Chicago this week. A lot of intense television debates over whether they should trade not their pick, 
but Justin Fields, which kind of I, I, I didn't expect. I, 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 obviously, there's going to be talk about them trading the number one pick that happened the second they got the number one pick. Um, but then um, since then, I, I really think over the last week or so, there's been a lot of noise about the idea that maybe they should hold on to the pick and take Bryce Young and trade Justin Fields. And I guess we should start there, like the, the Justin Fields idea, because it is worth discussing I think it is not something that you can immediately toss aside um, I frankly believe that would be true of any team without a top 10 quarterback in this league the prospect of having a uh, superstar young quarterback on a rookie contract is something you must consider as a franchise it's something that we've seen certain teams across the NFL obviously most notably Arizona um, move on to and with mixed success <laughs> different um and it is something that also I think it's fair to discuss after, you know, what's been an up and down two years for Fields, who, of course, was incredibly dazzling as a runner, but struggled still and, and still had some some flashes and some big moments, but was pretty inconsistent throwing the ball. Granted, I, I know I said the Giants had the worst receiver record in the, in the NFL. You got to put the Bears in there as well. So also a very, very challenging situation. Um, what's your feeling about the Forget the pick for a second. What's your feeling about the notion that the Bears should even entertain the idea of trading fields? Oh, I think they should. I, they're to new. do it or entertain it? That they should entertain it. Okay. I, I think I think it'd just be crazy not to. They didn't, again, another group that didn't draft Justin Fields. You have the number one overall pick. The first thing Paul said in that postseason press conference was he would have to be blown away by a quarterback and that, you know, they, they plan to have Fields be their quarterback, but he... Showed his uh, explosive ability this year, but he needs to improve on his passing. And it'd be pretty easy to get blown away by a quarterback when you have the number one overall pick. And I think you just have to go through all the scenarios. And the two scenarios would be, if you think Bryce Young, let's say, is better than Justin Fields, or even, let's say, comparable and different, would you rather have two extra years of Bryce Young on a rookie contract plus whatever you can get for Justin Fields, which I think would be significant, um, or or would you rather have the Fields and the pick in the picks that you would get for for trading number one, or would you even Mina consider keeping them both because quarterbacks oh, are the number the... one asset at least for a little while, at least for a little while, and see what happens. That's the it's not that crazy take, yeah, but it would devalue Justin Fields pretty quickly if you did that. <laughs> Um, I, I think it would, and, and maybe it would be something that you even hold them to training camp. But I just don't think it's that crazy when a quarterback is by far the like best asset, like thinking in NBA terms, that any NFL team can have. And having two when you don't know for sure that either one is going to be a superstar is better than one and that they're always going to be a really tradable asset. I, w- I probably wouldn't have the guts to do that, but it also means you like take – Bryce Young, and then you see what what comes up while you're in the middle of the draft for Fields. Part of me feels a little bit nervous about poo-pooing that immediately after we just watched a team go to the Super Bowl that basically did that, the Philadelphia Mm -hmm. Eagles, the the quarterback factory. Um, Yeah, so there's that. I think this is a bit of a unique situation, though, for a number of reasons. Part of me feels like the human side of it just is too insane it is just throwing dynamite into a locker room. I mean, it cost the Eagles. It cost Doug Peterson his job, arguably. I mean, there was there's a lot of stuff that went into that. Again, the Carson Wentz situation is pretty unique. Um, it's just 
it feels so potentially toxic to, especially to an organization that's like rebuilding like Chicago, you know. Um, but as far as trading fields, I, I, I think that where I'm, so I'm still in kind of the early stages of watching the quarterbacks. And I think that's really what matters most here is right. Is, is there a mm-hmm. guy who's definitely better than fields? Um, and I really like Bryce Young, but my sense is, and maybe I could, and this could end up being a total old takes moment. I have enough questions about all four of the top four prospects to where I wouldn't move on it based on what we've seen from fields. Like Young, obviously the size, otherwise I love his game. You're, you know, kind of become familiar with it too. It's, it's amazing, but we're talking about pretty unprecedented size you know I, I, i'll get into the, all of this by the way in more detail in the coming weeks um there's things about cj stroud i really like but he doesn't have like you know certain quality anyway, my point is this isn't an andrew luck draft it's i actually like these quarterbacks better than i did last year but if you're really talking about making a move like that i think you'd have to like be head over heels like like Paul said in one of them um, and then there's the other thing that we should probably acknowledge, which is this roster sucks. <laughs> and um, they do have the opportunity with that pick trading down, which is what if you, you either, you know, I guess you could stay there and draft Jalen Carter or whatever, but that doesn't seem like it. they're going to trade down. You have the opportunity to make your roster better quickly. Um, and I do think that's something that like this organization will wish, should want to do use they have a ton of cap space they've got a ton of picks really focus on getting their roster right this year and then next year if you don't like fields yeah you're not going to be number one but it's a better you know you've got like two uber talented quarterbacks maybe you consider taking another swing then right they i mean this is their chance though kind of and they know it and it, it all depends on their evaluation of fields i agree like i would lean on keeping fields and I would need to have a strong feeling, which at this point I'm not comfortable with on the rookies to like pick one or the other. But I, I just think bears fans getting upset that either people like us talking about it or even the bears considering it, like going through the exercise are crazy because of course you have to go through that exercise right now. Justin Fields was as dynamic a runner as basically any quarterback we've ever seen come into the league running the ball other than Lamar Jackson but he he does hold the ball a lot which is a a thing going back to his college days and the weapons around him were a problem but his passing's been good maybe not great like I I think you have to think about it and I thought it was telling that he said to Rich Eisen Justin Fields did that like I would like some transparency in this process that that's all he was hoping for was at some point to be told something because you're right. There is a human element to it and that's going to be difficult because I don't think the bears are going to want to show their cards. And I think, I think they're going to be more open-minded and I think there's a much better chance than people think that Justin Fields is not on this roster uh, this season. All you have to do, like the decisions they made last year as a franchise were not the ones of a team uh, that wants to support their quarterback in every way. Now, they would argue, and I think Mm -hmm. there's some validity to this, that it was a little bit of a necessary stripping down of the many bad mistakes made by the last regime. That's all totally fair. But facts are, he was in an awful situation. And... You could read into that what you will. And to, yeah, there is like definitely what you've been saying about this in New York about when the new GM comes in, they are not tied to 
the previous draft picks. This is something we've seen time and time and time again in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, for me, and like you said, it is really about the quarterbacks. Um, and it's also about what they can get. So let's talk about the trade, which uh, is going to be the subject of intense speculation over the next few weeks. What are the Bears going to do with this first overall pick? Um, if they trade down, what, which I think is very likely, what can they get for it? Recent precedent, um, I would say probably the closest thing would be San Francisco trading up for Trey Lance, but that was a much bigger jump than the teams that we'll see, I think, trading up to that one pick because there's a number of teams clustered around the top of the draft that need quarterbacks. And I also think, notably, there's a floor for how far down the Bears will go because hmm. this draft has two exceptional defensive talents. Some would argue three. I saw our friend Daniel Jeremiah had Tyree Wilson going before Will Anderson, which is a provocative take. But the consensus view is it's J- Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. And we know Houston wants a quarterback at two. So because of that, I think that Bears fans should probably be nervous about their team falling below four, which is the Indianapolis Colts, because then you lose your shot at one of the blue chippers, the elite defensive players. And of course, it's a team that really needs defense. So you've got, you know, Arizona, by the way, that pick could also be for sale. And then you've got the Colts. And then you got down to a bunch of other teams that might need quarterbacks, like the Raiders at seven. But the Colts, to me, seem to be in that perfect sweet spot, picking at four, definitely want a quarterback. If I'm Chicago, it feels like that's the most likely outcome. I agree. And it's, you also have an owner in Jim Mersey who's already like in the opening press conference <laughs> of his head coach, just throwing out there that, oh, that Bryce Young looks pretty good. And that his coach uh, will be developing a young quarterback. So like absolutely like showing all of his cards. And I'm sure Ryan Poles was watching that and just loving it. <laughs> Zero chill. Zero chill. Um, and you're well, going to get a lot. And, and I wouldn't even yeah. rule out like the, the teams that are a little further down. The Bears need so much. That getting multiple firsts, getting extra seconds. They gave that Claypool one away. Unfortunately, they do have, I think it's the Ravens second this year. The Bears still Mm. do have a second round pick. Um, But they just are so thin all around. And and that's why, like, I think they have to consider everything. And that, to me, moving down to nine or ten is not catastrophic in in any way. Like a mother load of picks. Right. Maybe players. You're like, Right. Or you trade down twice, you trade down to four and then you trade down to nine again. Like that is how you rebuild the machine in in one draft. Yeah. I mean, that defense, woof, the front seven. I mean, that offensive line, woof. It's it's kind of everything, which is which is why I'm still not ruling out the two quarterback thing and holding it for ransom. If the Cowboys could take a first with Steve Walsh and Steve Young could get behind a, a first-round pick would be behind Joe Montana, and then they benched Joe Montana. I know it was a different... That was... It also, they didn't get along at all. It was like a source of crazy... But they won super... I'm just saying, like, literally two dynasties were born in part with this exact scenario. So I don't think it's, like, that crazy to try to get two quarterbacks and, and make sure you have one before you deal one off. I just don't. And I know the, me, the media I'm gonna, and I'm gonna put media, this. Cl- I'm going to put now. this clip on social and you're going to get no. destroyed. <laughs> you're going to get destroyed. People are going to hate it so much. Earmark that. Um, I, I do want to... The, the, the Niners <laughs> traded... their. It was the 12th pick overall. I forgot they picked that high. And then a 2022 first rounder and two 
third rounders to move. Oh, no, no. Ah, another first rounder. Sorry. Right. It was right. the 2023 first rounder. Wow. That's the draft. Um, and then uh, a 2022 third. So that is the, if you start looking at teams picking below four, like in the nine or whatever, that is what you're looking at. Only more because it's the first overall pick. Um so there is like there is so much potential for the Bears here to put together, I mean to just throw everything at their roster this off season. So yeah, they're really Lovey Smith. Wow. And, uh, to be to be clear, I like Justin Fields, and the best case scenario is that the Bears front office like loves him, and We're they can go into this, this draft. No, like, your damage control doesn't work when I pull out the clip where you say they have to have two quarterbacks. Um, I love that Lovey Smith game, by the way. When I was I watched that thing live, and I was just electric. like, he was given a franchise that did not treat him right. A big middle finger on the way it out. Was it was incredible, incredible content. Um, yeah. So okay. Let's take a quick break now and come back and talk about the teams that should be looking at quarterbacks in the draft, which kind of comes out of this conversation. Building the perfect same game parlay can be time consuming, but with Quick Picks, the Caesar Sportsbook app does the work for you. Quick Picks are pre built same game parlays that turn today's biggest headlines, storylines, and games into bets. They're quick and easy to use, and you can't miss them. They're right on the home screen of your Caesar Sportsbook app. Give them a try, and if you haven't downloaded the app yet, register using code Omaha Full and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake up to $1,250 back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H. OW. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, 
S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bears fans love Justin Fields, which I... I love I love Justin Fields. Like, we all love Justin Fields. Or at least I'm in the group that did. Like, I've been all over There's a little bit of, like, you know, your friend who's, like, been in, like, bad relationships for 20 years and then, like, meets someone who gives her a little bit of attention or him a little bit of attention and uh, immediately wants to get married. Is that is that a toxic comparison? It feels... I don't know. I get it. What I'm saying, Bears fans, is I understand. And he's electric. So there's that factor as well, which I don't think can be... Like, this is not, like, an example of a team... Being like, well, this check down Charlie gives us competent play. This is the guy who has some of the best highlights of the last year. So I get it. And by the way, for the record, I was pro-keeping him. I was against Greg's heinous two-quarterback option. So, um, okay. I mean, two-quarterback option is keeping him, by the way. If he's the (laughs) player you think he is, he outplays him. He has a great season, and you end up trading Bryce Young for a million picks uh, a year do from you, now. Do you, though, if he lost a I think you do. That's the thing. The, if these quarterback values don't go down. It's like your old uh, friend Kyrie that, who you had to pretend uh, that you enjoyed watching and, and rooted for. It's like no matter how much you thought it would destroy his value, he still gets all those picks. And this is a young like get, number one overall pick quarterback. <laughs> they got enough. They, um, they did fine. I don't know. We'll see. Let's revisit this when uh, if the Packers try to trade Jordan Love. Let's let's revisit this. No, no quarterbacks lose their value idea. Um, okay, so which team should take quarterback? I think this is really interesting because we're after this going to talk about the free agent options who are going to be very much in the news. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is out of the darkness by now. I'm not sure. I guess Tuesday is when he does McAfee, so we'll know by then. In any case, that's going to be what we're going to talk about in a second. Um, however, my feeling is there should be a number of teams seriously considering drafting a quarterback. And that is someone that is as someone who just watched the top quarterbacks. Um, just, I'm not going to get into the details on my views on each of them individually. We're going to do that in the coming weeks, but I will, like I said, I like them. There's a lot to like, I like it better than last year. Um, and I think... Uh, at least four of them will likely go in the top half of the first round or should maybe they won't. I don't know. So obviously uh, Greg wants the bears to take a quarterback. Uh, number one. Uh, then you've got Houston is the no brainer. They're going to do it. Zero doubt in my mind. Um, Arizona. No Indy again, no doubt. So you got two teams quarterbacks off the board. Okay. Now I'm going to walk. I'm going to go through these teams and tell me if you think they should Definitely do it or consider it or not at all or just okay. reject the idea. This one's going to, you know what's coming. Seattle. No, don't do it. I mean, not early. Yeah, unless like Bryce Young falls to five mysteriously, uh, I wouldn't. Um, certainly not there. And then they pick at 20 and then all of a sudden if you're looking at like an Anthony Richardson, it gets a little bit more interesting, but not there. This one, I don't know why no one's talking about Detroit. Right. Uh, they have are, to consider it, yes. You guys, but do you feel like everybody's just completely dismissed the idea that they might draft a quarterback there? People have boomerangs so hard on Jared Goff. 
when I when he's another player where I feel like at least my opinion of him has stayed relatively consistent uh, and he's stayed relatively consistent and the team around him has gone up and down and we've seen what happens. But yes, they should absolutely be considering it. They do not plan to be up here again. And the only reason they're up here is because they're, you know, made a great trade. Yeah, I again, now that we're in once you get out of that top four, it really becomes, okay. do you like the guy who's fallen to you? Although you could also argue a team like Detroit that has a ton of draft capital should consider trading up if they really like a guy. I would put them in that category, frankly, as a team that Mm -hmm. should be aggressive. I look, Jared Goff was great for them. And but, you know, this is an excellent roster that at some point is going to be in serious contention. And you're going to have to ask if he's going to be enough, if he's going to be a difference maker. Is he is he a guy that you could see going toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes? Like that's the direction this roster is going. It's really, really good. And at some point you have to be honest about, you know, who he is. And not saying that they should move on from him this year, obviously. But when you have the opportunity to get a guy, if you truly believe that, you got to consider it at least. Um, okay, Vegas. Vegas is interesting. Um, seven. Absolutely. I mean, they. Yeah. I think they should, and I think they're among the most likely teams to trade up. Yeah, I think McDaniel's wants to start with a young guy and quote unquote do it the right way, uh, and it's tricky because free agency comes first, and it's one of my most boring, uh, long-standing takes is that. I really wish the draft was before free agency and they could just flip that around. It would make the offseason better. But the Raiders, you know, have to show their hand somewhat. But a guy like Jimmy G maybe is not really showing your hand, even if even if you gave him $20 million. You could still trade up for a top pick and put Jimmy G back in hell uh, with a young quarterback. <laughs> you know, he knows his, his, sta- yeah. sta- his place. I, I love that uh, – um a like endorsement of Jimmy G is he's used to this. Like when you consider the teams that might side him, you know, like we know he's okay. He's okay. Being the, the bridge guy. Most of them are okay. I don't I, I, I people say that like, it's like, so Flacco wasn't crazy. really. Yeah. Flacco wasn't humorously. Drew Bledsoe wasn't even though he sort of pretended that he was, uh, but you're right there. It, it's a it's a tricky line though. I mean, he and he was in a tough situation with Brady. But I I have always thought, and I'm sure Josh McDaniels agrees with this, that Jimmy G would have had a much different career if he had stayed in New England, and it actually might have been better. As great as Kyle Shanahan is, yeah. and, and is an easy, you know, code a cheat code as a as a coach. Jimmy G's best quarterback play, I think, came in New England Josh in that McDaniel. system with those option routes. He was good at some of the harder things to do in that system, and I think I think they would like him there, but I also think they'd love to have a, a rookie. Okay, Put a pin in Jimmy G when I get to that. Okay, so this is an interesting one. Atlanta at eight. So Atlanta did draft a quarterback last year, Desmond Ritter, in the third round. At the moment, he is their starter. Uh, well, I guess they haven't moved on from Marcus Mariota, but everybody assumes they're going to. Marcus Mariota is one of the stars of the new Netflix series. Did you see that, by the way? The I Netflix did. Is- it's Mariota. They, I guess they followed three quarterbacks for the season. Mariota, Mahomes, and Kirk Cousins. Interesting group. It was kind of an amazing... It's kind of like the complete spectrum of starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Like the one who got booted and quit the team, unfortunately, um, in Mariota. Like 
the Dal- the new Andy Dalton. We used to do the Dalton scale. Our friend Chris Wessling came up with the Dalton scale. I feel like Kirk Cousins is now that that prime meridian, and then Patrick Mahomes, who's God. Funny thing is, though, there none of them are like huge personalities. So I'll be curious to see. I mean, it, I, I you know Netflix did like the Formula One that they have the golf show that's supposed to be good. I, it's probably going to be like beautifully shot and compellingly edited, but those are all pretty like. Pretty like chill guys for the most part. So I'll be curious to see. They did a tennis I was shocked. show too. I have to point out Breakpoint. Oh, really? You know how was it? it is it good? It took them a while to figure out what they were doing, but it, it got good. What the Ons? Watch the Ons Jabor Paolo Bedosa episode. It's great. Um, at the Pro Bowl when we were walking around, I'm probably not gonna watch it. Uh, around amidst the quarterbacks, I was shocked by how small Kirk Cousins is. Have you ever hmm. been around him? And he's just like looks like a dad, and he's not like rocked up or anything like and it, he was next to jared goff who's very tall um but yeah he wasn't as tall as our man gino either he just kind of looks very normal so interesting have you have you told the public about your personal interaction with our friend uh, gino smith not my friend oh, he's my pretend yeah. friend are you kidding me i went on nfl live the next day and i was like <laughs> let me tell you about my, my new best friend <laughs> i was like he's the best great personality they you know the, um you know what my one big uh, takeaway from that conversation and I was talking to a few of the Seahawks there who were milling around is like Pete Carroll they love him and you know there's been times of the years when I've been critical of Pete there's been times that I've been pro Pete about decisions he's made certainly this last year was one of his best years as a head coach but um, it is I think something that sometimes we can fail to appreciate is like the the management aspect of being a head coach because we're just not in there and we don't see how good they are and everything to a man all of those players were like that dude makes us want to compete every day which we know mm. we've heard but it's different to hear it from the horse's mouth you know okay sorry derailed falcons they've got ritter they're probably not they're probably gonna move on from Mariota. um this to me feels more like a free agent or trade team for a quarterback than a draft one yeah i agree i i think I think they could consider it, but they feel like a free agent or trade team. It's crazy. When I make the list of teams that should be considering I mean, it's way more teams than there are good players. In terms of veterans and in terms of the rookies. It's, it's and not even not having the Falcons on it, we've probably got like eight or nine teams that should be strongly considering it. And a lot of them are near the top. I, I will say I thought Ritter showed, played pretty well at the very end of the year, so... I'll be curious. Maybe they believe in him and, you know, um, his circumstances were not bad. This is a team, obviously, the issue is the defense. So that's probably something. That's that's another competing issue here at this point in the draft because they're going to want to really attack that. They have to. <laughs> it is so bad. Uh, okay. Now, this is, this is, I think, the inflection point of, like, obvious Carolina. Or not obvious, but, like, Carolina at nine is, mm-hmm. I think, the 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 – the team where we would not be so after that, I think if any team trades up, let's say to that one or four spot or whatever, I think it would be like a whoa move. I don't know. It'd be a little bit shocking. Carolina, they're going to be in the mix. They have to be in the mix. And I think they will be in the mix because entirely new coaching staff, but the coaching staff is kind of like the all-star coaching staff, by the way, like they keep adding like, like the biggest names it's um right it's, it's like i didn't even know oh jim caldwell's available oh josh mccown's available what d'angelo Deuce hall Staley? i was just like working with him at nfl network what is happening they brought it thomas brown who there was like an yeah. absolute superstar with the rams jiro evro who a lot of people thought should be a head coach or defensive coordinator they 
I would love to know how much money David Tepper spent on coaches this Ooh, season. Good point. Um, money well spent. Money that I've always felt teams should spend because they can, right? Um, but the point is, I look at that staff, and, I, and I, to me, I think, draft a quarterback. This is a team, their timeline, they've done things the wrong way for a few years now, like just kind of desperate trades and free agent signings. That's over. If, if I'm David Tepper... I think this is the year I want you to find someone to build around. I know they have Matt Corral, who didn't play last year. He was injured. That doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, I would be very aggressive about moving up. Yeah, I I tend to agree. And, I mean, they did swing and miss on the veterans over the years, Deshaun Watson. I think they were in on Matthew Stafford. Yeah. They, they didn't get him. Scott Fitter, their GM, was not there when they passed on Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Uh, but he was there last year when they didn't take, sure. you know, Kenny Pickett or anyone. Uh, this feels like the time. And and again, they're they're close enough. And just like us talking is convincing me, like four quarterbacks are going to go early. By the end, all these mocks right? are going to have Richardson just, and have them all going in the top ten. There's just so many teams that need them. Um, so later is when you get to the teams where. It's they're picking later, and they might be more likely to go the free agent route. Like obviously the Jets, who are of course the Commanders is a team I would throw out there. Um, they say the they're Bucks. committed to Sam Howell. They say they're getting a veteran backup for Sam Howell. Okay, let, let's talk about this now. Because so those are the three teams. Okay, the teams that will be in the mix for Rogers. Garoppolo, and I guess let that, let's just keep it to Rogers and Car, 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 pardon me, Car, Car, obviously Car. Those three. The Jets, mm-hmm. the Commanders, I don't care how much they say they're committed, I'm still putting them in this group. The Bucks are another obvious one. The Saints. Mm-hmm. And then some of the teams we've discussed, the Raiders, notably, have been associated with Aaron Rodgers. I guess you could see the Panthers signing one of those guys and drafting someone, not Rogers, obviously that would be so funny though. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, did I leave any teams out? Those are the did obvious. You say the Bucks? Yeah. It's like the, the NFC South. Uh, well, I think the Falcons, I think the Falcons would be more likely to be in the mix for a veteran, specifically Ryan Tannehill, but maybe they Tannehill. would, they would surprise us. And then the commanders, I, I'm still going to include there. Um, right now, if like, what do you think is the most likely way in which this shakes out? Ooh, it's I, so hard to know I've, with Rogers. I know. I know. I've been slowly getting convinced, especially when Bob McGinn, who I feel like has a good read on that team in general, said the organization is disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. Disgusted. And done with him. They hate him. They never want to look at him again. Yeah, the thought of him makes them want to puke. He really basically said that. <laughs> that he, he said that they would play him. They, he would be Jordan Love's backup if he returned to the team. I think Bob McGinn's disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. I get it. He's covered him for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to say they, I, too, have heard. Uh, I wouldn't say disgusted, but. Just sick of it is the way I would summarize. Which I, course, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense, and there's com- 
competing reporting from really good reporters, so it's hard to know what to believe. Some saying, no, actually, he's going to stay. This is all nonsense. Some saying otherwise. I tend to think that he'll go and that that the obvious answer is the only one that really makes sense in terms of having the cap space, having everything that makes sense with the Jets. So I tend to think that's how that the well, dominoes they'd starts. They'd have to clear up. Rodgers ends up with caps. the Jets. Sorry, they'd have to they'd clear, have to clear the cap space, they but do they it. can do it. They can, they can do, do it. it, yeah. I just don't know why he'd go to the Raiders. I mean, I guess I know why, Devontae, whatever, but like... But you really want to go to the AFC West to get beat by Patrick Mahomes with a bad defense. It just doesn't, I don't know. The Jets are the team that makes the most sense. The Jets have always been the team that makes the most sense. The Jets are the probably thirstiest team when it comes They're to They're the one where ownership could get the most involved, which I think in a transaction this big where you're going to pay the guy $60 million is pretty massive. Maybe they give him Johnson Johnson stock. Right. Well, he's he, he, he's not really well done with, with the pharma. You know, one thing I've really enjoyed about the Aaron Rodgers thing is that no matter how many times he said it, no one is taking his retirement threat seriously. Like, that's what he spent the whole <laughs> last Pat McAfee thing. He's like, no one's even waiting for my decision. Like, we're talking about it as if there's no chance that he could actually retire. He says a lot of stuff now that just doesn't even rise to the levels of people's <laughs> attention. Like, uh, I was watching my friend Bamani Jones' show, and he, was, he did a little segment on the darkness stuff, and... Um, he was remarking, he was like, and yeah, nobody noticed that he was talking about like the Epstein list. And <laughs> oh, I didn't either. I, I missed that part. This is all stuff like five years ago. If Rogers said anything even close to this, it would be like headlines for days. I feel like now a lot of it is like not mercifully not crossing a threshold of interest. I don't know. Anyways. Um, okay. So what I find will be interesting, though, is if the Jets do miss out on him. If they acquire the man who our Diana Rossini reported they told could be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he joined the Jets, <sighs> Derek Carr. I actually think the Jets would be good with Derek Carr. So I do too. I kind of almost like that better for the Jets just because they're not going to have to give up a first yeah, round yeah. pick and $60 million. And we know it won't be as drama filled. First ballot's a little tough. Like he's not going to have to. They didn't have to like throw Demarcus Ware had to wait a year. To just wait say a year. win a Super Bowl, man. Just say win a Super yeah. Bowl, and yeah, you just didn't have to push. I think Derek Carr is going to get paid. It was, I think, a total misread of the market that the Saints brought him in for a visit and then asked him to take a pay cut. It's like that's some uh, broke franchise behavior, is is what I called it, because it's like you. This guy is going to get paid in the end. Yeah. All those teams we listed that need a rookie quarterback. There's also the veteran ones. I mean, that's. Like a third of the league, Derek Carr is going to get paid. So why would he want to go to a team that's going to get worse because they're acquiring him? Like none of that, the whole Saints courtship <laughs> thing made no sense. That said, I still think the Saints will be in the mix. Um, they are a team that uh, rejects the idea of rebuilding, of course, and there just aren't many options for them. So I, I suspect they'll pretty aggressively by the way another team that could draft a quarterback we i didn't even talk about but that just doesn't seem to be how they roll um another team that could be in the mix for jimmy g i think Tannehill if he was available kirk cousins if he was available just just saying um and then in i i think they're gonna want a veteran i don't think they're gonna want a rookie so outside of the jets where else do you like for Derek Carr? I know you said, I mean, they keep saying that Sam Howell's team 
But when I look at Washington, maybe I'm like, I don't know, delusional about this. I think the roster is actually pretty good. Like, they don't look to me like a team that should be tanking for Caleb Williams or like they, I, that's a team that was in contention until the very end with bad quarterback play, a team with one of the better groups of young skill players in the NFL team with a defense that kind of turned things around as the season went on. Yeah. They got some work to do on the offensive line and all that, but they bring in Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. I think that they should seriously consider going the veteran route when it comes to, I, I agree. I think they'd be a good, I think they'd be a good team for him. And I just get the, you get the sense that they're burned by the Carson Wentz experience and that they're just yeah. doing the opposite of the thing they just did that didn't work. And they could also look at the Alex Smith experience, who, who obviously had some good moments in Washington, but they've kind of been in that mid-level quarterback veteran pickup yeah. thing for a while. And again, I could be falling. I could be falling for the okie doke. But I actually do think they, they saw what Sam Howell could do in practice all year, and that game was pretty good. And I like him. Like, I want to be clear. Right. I like Sam and Howell. They, I think he's a fun player. And I could totally see that they've convinced themselves that that Sam Howell and Andy Dalton is the way to go, or Sam Howell and Teddy Bridgewater is the way to go. And there's a million backup quarterbacks Jacoby. that are available. Jacoby Brissett, who's sort of on the in-between. Like, I could see Jacoby Brissett being the starter for New Orleans, by the way. He's going to be at the top of that, oh. that like, almost starter list, I think. If Jacoby Brissett's on a good team, they're going to win games based on what we saw last year. So, um, yeah. I mean, first I'll say Sam Howell is on my dynasty team, so I really hope that they roll with Sam Howell as um, their quarterback, personally, on a selfish level. And I do, and I do think he brings a lot to the table, obviously, as a runner, which is something uh, Eric Bieniemy should be able to tap into. I think he can come up with a pretty interesting offense, but I don't know. I just think this team is competitive. That's all I, I but this could t- entirely be about their internal scouting report on him and what they've seen all year and how they genuinely feel about him. But I've also been lied to by so many NFL teams about that exact thing that we won't know. I think until I'm not until saying it, it was Patrick Mahomes' week. Uh, 17 <laughs> game against Denver that it was like, oh my God, is Patrick Mahomes already the best quarterback in the league and his one appearance as his rookie year? It wasn't, it wasn't that, uh, but it was pretty good. And uh, I, I think uh, yeah. with Eric Bieniemy, I think that was part of the process. I did hear that from people that that was part of their interview process. What would you do with Sam Howell? You need I to did play feel that like Sam Howell should have played way earlier last yes. season, like tore it up in the preseason, you know? And I'm sure you have a, a draft Twitter friend that always thought Sam Howell was like a top 15 pick. He's not a normal fifth round pick. He was awesome the year before UNC right. and then they lost everyone and the offense was a tire fire. But the year we had Diami Brown, you know, has in Washington. I, and man, that, that group, Terry Curtis, my beloved Jahan Dotson. I love that group of receivers so much. Um, you know, good running back room. So we'll see. Um, so who's going to be, let's wrap this up before we finish with your free agents. Who do you think, like, which team is going to be the odd man out here? Because it is, it does feel like musical chairs with, I guess there's no way of knowing, but certainly at least one of the teams in the NFC South is going to have a terrible situation at quarterback next year. I feel confident saying, um, it's unclear which one it could be the Bucks. I think the Bucks. the Bucks are in a tough spot in terms of that they're t- starting totally from scratch and they don't have a high draft pick. Or Free agency coming first will just give everyone a little bit of a 
preview of how they're going to have to do the draft. I think the Falcons could end up with like just Ritter and a relatively low level backup. But can I just give you the list of people that are available, the quarterbacks, yes. just quickly? Because it is kind of crazy. Daniel Jones, G- like if assuming Lamar, Gino, let's say even Daniel Jones, I'll go back to their teams, but those are free agents. Seems There's still right. Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jameis will be out there eventually, almost certainly. No one's really yeah. talked about him, but he's he's probably going to c- get cut. Andy Dalton, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Taylor Heineke, Mike White. It gets pretty grim after that, but that's just like a lot of names. That's a lot of names. It, it is indeed a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of those teams... Um outside of the top three there are going to be particularly... Th- like, whatever team that gets Derek Carr, the fan base is going to be mad because of the amount of money they're going to pay Derek Carr. And I, it just... I, for one, think that Derek Carr can play pretty well. Um, last year was not was rough, obviously, but I think he's good enough to at least get a team to the playoffs. But, the you know, it's, it's obviously... It, it's not the kind of thing that inspires great excitement amongst most fan bases, so... Derek Carr with Frank Reich, I think, could could work. I think that that could be a nice spot. But I don't like that because I want them to draft a guy. And I, see, Derek Carr, to me, more than any of the other quarterbacks you named, is the one quarterback, setting aside Gino Lamar and Daniel, obviously, who you don't draft a guy because whatever yeah. team gets him is going to pay him probably too much to draft a quarterback. I think with Jimmy, potentially, you could do something like, um, trying to think of a comparable deal. I don't know what he's going to command, but I think maybe with him you could draft someone, um, and then the other guys all you can you can draft someone. So um, let's wrap with your you do a list every year that's really great of the top free agents, um, and I have an early preview of your list. I don't, when's it coming out? This new list? It publishes on Monday. Yeah. Oh wow! So listeners to the Mina Kime Show have an exclusive <laughs> glance at Greg Rosendahl's top. Reagents for 2023. Um, so I got a chance to look at the list, and I have like a few questions for you just based on this list. One of which is, I'll just start here. It is not a good time to need a wide receiver. We should note that um, right before we started recording, Robert Woods of the Tennessee Titans was released. The Titans released him, uh, Taylor Lewan, and Zach Cunningham. So now they're uh, in the green, I think, on cap space. Um, I don't know where Robert, where would you put Robert Woods amongst your receivers now, knowing that he's in the mix? Towards the back of the top 101, but probably just sneak it in. Like Nelson Aguilar's right around 100, and Woods is in that area. I did see um, my friend Danny Kelly was asking me about this. If we were in Seattle with the Shane Waldron offense, they really need like a some, a guy who can work underneath and get yards mm-hmm. after the catch, and I wouldn't hate that at all. But anyways, more broadly, though, the receiver groups. I mean, your number one is Jacoby Myers, who I really like, who's a great, I think, number two, is probably, based on this list, is going to make more money than people think he should. I just tell you right now, like, it's going to be a bigger contract I think people expect. But, like, how do you, like, just looking at this group, how do you read it? It's it's just ridiculously thin. I think you see how 
teams value positions on what's not available this year. Like there's no edge yeah. rushers. There's usually edge rushers in free agency. There's almost none. There's no wide receivers uh, available. And so those two positions, I do think there's going to be a lot of Robert Woods types that get cut over the next couple of weeks more than usual, I think are going to be popping onto this list, but it's grim. I struggle with where to put Odell Beckham. Uh, I basically, I think I had him either one spot ahead or one spot behind Jacoby Myers, which is like a very strange debate to have Odell Beckham or Jacoby Myers. Who knows? Yeah. Right. right. But he's oh, sorry, he's somewhere because he's worth the shot. It's a high yeah. it's a high ceiling. And then it's Juju. It's Michael Thomas. Uh, he's not officially a free agent, but he another will be. one that like who the hell? Because like he could be. You could not. He could not see the field in the way he has in the last two years. Or you could get the best value of like the the. The entire offseason with Michael Thomas, who was at one point one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL. It's just who knows? It's so confusing. Right. It's hard to it's hard to imagine him getting like a, a great contract right now, but it's it's a shot worth taking. He'll be fairly high. I mean, DJ Chark, like the the longer that Christian Kirk contract went in the rear view, you realize like, okay, that's actually what receivers cost now. Like, even if you only see Kirk as like a solid two three. If they get to free agency, they're going to get paid $17 million a year. Like, that's the type of contract I think Jacoby Myers will get. I'll be very curious to see if Jacoby returns to New England um, for a few reasons. It's a team that famously has struck out on wide receivers in the draft. So I do wonder if internally they might value Jacoby more than other teams. He's been so good for them, so consistent. And, like, at a certain point, like, there might be a bit of self-scouting where they're like, yeah, we don't think we can replace him. By the way, this is also not a great wide receiver draft. So it's a lot of teams are going to be kind of facing that question, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough for New England, right? Because it's so obviously their area of need. There's a couple other areas that need cornerback. But... Tackle. Tackle, yeah, right. But it's a need that's hard for them to attack. They never, they never pay wide receivers like market rate, even when they're all-time Patriots greats. They, they just somehow convinced Troy Brown and Wes Welker and Julian Edelman to take below market rates. But I don't know if Jacoby Myers is going to be willing to do that this close to free agency. My guess would be no. And yeah, it gets it gets grim. I put and I try to consider positional value and like how the market looks. So like DJ Chark and Darius Slayton to me. Yeah are much more interesting in this class than they would have been a year ago or two years ago when there was a decent amount of wide receivers just because they can play and there aren't that many like rotational receivers that can play that are going to be available. Well, I guess that brings me to my next question. You talked earlier about how there's a lot of running backs. Is there any other position that when you were doing this that jumped out to you? Like, oh, there's a lot of talent right here. So a team might want to go there in free agency instead of the draft. Yeah, it's the flip side of... Uh, what they don't value, which is off-ball linebackers, safeties, and running backs. It's all a little too predictable, I guess. But there's a lot of good off-ball linebackers like available. David Long, Tremaine Edmonds are towards the yeah. top, and they'll probably get paid a lot. And Levante David will be interesting to see. But there's uh, a million other names. Drew Tranquil, both the Eagles linebackers, your, your boy, Kaiser White, our guy. <laughs> you know, The Eagles linebackers coach, the new defensive coordinator of the Arizona Cardinals. 
Ooh. Yeah. Leighton Vander Esch, Jermaine Pratt, like a lot of like second linebackers, Cole Holcomb. Um, we definitely have the longest running Kaiser White uh, text thread, <laughs> though, in the country. So just pointing Greg, that out. Greg thinks he's better than I do. Um, the linebacker thing is interesting because all those names you mentioned, like I think most of those teams would want them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those names. It'll be a question as to how much they get and how much, I guess, just how strapped some of those teams are. But those are all like good players. Like, right. It all go- it goes on and on. And there's Long, a couple guys like Holcomb, like guys you don't right. talk about a lot who are just really good. Right. Denzel Perriman. Did he get a was he in the Pro Bowl? Like. He's not my kind of linebacker. He's definitely not your uh, like a guy who's great on passing downs, but he had a good year and does what he does. There's even a couple like young players, Caden Ellis and Al Shahir from the 49ers. Yeah. I I like both of those guys. It's just not that hard a position to find. And it's true of safety. That's true every year. I always overrate safeties. I've kind of learned that over the years that like the NFL is just not going to pay even good safeties. And there's plenty of Bates. Bates is your number one safety. Well, I guess Chauncey Gardner Johnson, depending on how you classify him. That's going to be an interesting one to watch Bates because Cincinnati has a whole lot of stuff to figure out this off season, depending on how they do the bro deal, what kind of decision they make with Higgins. I mean, it's a team that hit on for agency really well a couple of years ago and has drafted replacements. Like for Bates, you would say Daxton Hill is the guy, but I think they have to decide internally you know, we're a team that wants to win now. We should win now. We're an extremely good team. So how are we going to approach roster construction with some of these free agents? It's going to be really fascinating. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, I mean, when you look at this list, especially at the top, a lot of Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> a lot of Philadelphia Eagles. So many. What's your general sense like of, like, what would you are there any players, I guess, that you would prioritize if you were Philadelphia? Because there's just so many difficult decisions to be made um, on both sides of the ball. I think they, they need to get younger on defense. It's it's probably time, depending on the price, that you do say goodbye to Fletcher Cox and probably yeah. Brandon Graham, even though Brandon Graham was awesome. So, still so good, right? For the right price. You could try to figure it out, but he did only play 18 snaps in the Super Bowl. He was he was really good in the playoffs. He was really good all season. I I think they'll want to get younger in the on defense in general. I think Bradbury or Gardner Johnson would be the the one I would pay to keep. I love Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I just feel like every defense would love a guy like him that can do everything and has sort of an edge to him and you can just be so much more flexible and multiple. So he would be the guy I would prioritize, but I do think they'll, they'll try their best to keep one or both of them. Let Sanders go. Let Isaac What's tricky is, go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although if Kelsey retires, do you really want Sayamala to go? Cause then you're losing the interior. The, so that might be predicated on that. Hargrave is the, is the tricky one, man, because he was so, freaking good this year and he's number three on your list behind Lamar and Gino which you you know is a testament to how good he was he's 30 he's probably gonna get paid a lot of money that's tough because of all the players you mentioned just he was the best he's the best player that's why he's three yeah but yeah I don't know what they do. I really don't know because I do think um, another team will value him 
like uh, uh, another team will want to bring him in at what he's worth, I believe. So I think he's going to price himself out and they signed him in what was a really great free agent contract that at the time people were like, huh, you gave Javon Hargrave three for 45 and now you look back and they've had a really good history that Hassan Reddick steal is similar. And I, they love spending on linemen in general, like on both sides of the ball. They are happy to spend big money on their own linemen, big resources, offensive line, defensive line. But I think in free agency, they are always targeting guys either on that first contract or around first free agent contract around 26, 27 years old. And so I, I think they'll let Hargrave walk. Like to me, they would be more likely to still be aggressive and sign a Zach Allen, who I kind of like. Or or even a Puna. I don't know. It just sort of Zach more fits Allen is into good. Yeah, Zach, Zach Allen's Allen, great. Like my, he might be the best non Buda Baker defensive player in the Cardinals. He probably is. He's in he my definitely top, is. I think he's in I my top twenty free it. agents before the franchise tag. He'll he like wind up being in the top fifteen. They got to bring him sure. back. They're so that side of the ball is such a problem in Arizona. Um, okay, last question. What do you think Dallas should do about Tony Pollard? Mm. Tricky. It's kind of, it, it's a little bit like what, when we were talking about Saquon and you were like, well, if you take him away, that's like your most explosive player last year. Tony Pollard was the second most explosive skill player on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't know what's going to, I, I, they obviously should move on from Zeke. We'll see if they actually do it. They will. If they do they that, will. yeah, at this point, right? If they do that, do you bring back Pollard? I could, by the way, totally see Jerry drafting Bijan Robinson. Right. <laughs> Doesn't I, just feel I would, like the most Jerry Jones thing to do? I feel like Pollard is so underrated just in terms of yards per touch and explosive plays and versatility. Utility, like route route running like. i really debated should i rank him higher than saquon i do have him ranked higher than josh jacobs and i love josh jacobs and i have them high not like i would pay them as the you know 20 richest free agents necessarily because of the position but just in terms of being a good player they're they're all in my top 20 uh so if you can get tony pollard for 10 or 11 million for a couple of years uh i would do that but i i wouldn't be surprised if they just go draft I think he's the kind of running back that will be valued elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, can't you just see a team like, what if he was on the Bills? Mm-hmm. You know, Bills. I've been thinking the Bills for Saquon. I'm probably not the only one that's thinking yeah. about that. But yeah, they're going to be I, linked I, with just about every sexy running back option. And I could, I could see Pollard getting paid, but you would you would have done well like shorting running back free agent stock and what they were going to get paid over the last five years. They really did listen to the dorks in the end. I think we've gone too far in that direction if Bijan Robinson is like falling out of the top 15 or whatever it is. Um, like I said, you heard it here first. I'm, uh, I'm all the way back. I'm all the way back on the running backs. <laughs> I'm on team draft Bijan. Not top 10, though. Don't be crazy. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, as always, we're going to wrap with five questions for our guest. Four from me, one from Lenny. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, question number one, something we talk about all the time. What are you reading right now? Oh, um, what am I? Well, I'm reading the, this is almost embarrassing. I'm reading the book you recommended. Not recommend, It's not embarrassing, but I'm reading The Roundhouse by Louis, Louisa Erdick, which is great. I'm almost oh, finished. wow. You're almost finished. Mm-hmm. Oh, then you can. I just did a podcast on it for those who um, have read the book. It's called the Stacks Podcast. We talked about it. I was so glad I did the podcast, Greg, because I like had a lot of thoughts to work through on the book, and I was like a little, like still. I don't know. It was kind of like you remember when you're in college and you wanted to go to class to like try to figure something out. That's how I felt doing this podcast because I was like, I think it's about this, and I think this happened, but I kind of want to like. Anyways, so we oh, can't really get check- into it because. It- it's very yeah, people should check out your podcast. Um, yeah, I'm a dork. I listen to a lot of books, podcasts, and so I was like, okay, she, Mina's going to be on talking about this book. Sounds good. Now I can read it, listen to it. I'm not quite done yet. I did just finish uh, "Detransition Baby" by Tori Peters, which I really liked. Have you heard of that book? Oh, my friend. Book? Yeah, my friend um, is her agent, and and um, told me about this book. Yeah, I I really liked it. It's it's like very conventional in some ways, um, but it's like almost like a like about whether to have a kid or not it's about a trans yeah. woman um who's ex detransition and then is having a kid with this new woman but which is all you know very different not a world I'm like totally familiar with but done in a very sort of like conventional and satisfying like page turner romantic comedy-ish way that I really liked detransition baby yeah, my, my, I think they might be making a movie or a show off it or something oh, I, I really? don't want to that might be like it's kind of like Jeffrey know, Eugenides vibes if or yeah. uh, Curtis Sittenfeld if you've ever read her uh, so a real like quick read um, yeah quick read but fun I so I finished the roundhouse and now I'm reading Cloud Cuckoo Land which is the other Anthony Dare book well not I think he's written more than one but the guy who wrote All the Light You Can't See there's mm. a lot going on in this book have you read it I have not it's like th- three different timeline it was just, he does a lot of like alternating viewpoints is kind of his thing beautiful writer but there's a lot a lot of a lot of a lot of timelines going on there's part of it takes place in the present part of it takes place in the future part of it part of it takes place in like constantinople during the fall of constantinople it's it's a lot i don't know i i I am enjoying it though i think it was one of the reasons i liked the transition baby was like oh it's nice to have just a book that occasionally just sticks with one narrator and goes from front to back because it just doesn't have the the roundhouse is pretty Easy yeah. to, I mean, it, I found it yep. to be a pretty... I also like how... Um, this is just turning into a books podcast. Um, it's a book about, like, very serious topics. It begins with a, a rape, which is not a spoiler. It's literally the very beginning of the book. Um, but it's told from the perspective of a 13-year-old boy. And then, like, so half of it is just, like, stand by me. And it's a bunch of, like, mm-hmm. 13-year-old boys just getting into 13-year-old boy mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. trying to find sandwiches and being obsessed with girls and... Um, so it's it's like a weirdly light read for a book that deals with very heavy topics is how I would describe it. But the writing is mm, like Faulkner-esque. It's mm. beautiful. 
It's well said. Well, I, uh, yeah, place. I'm close to the end. Don't spoil it. Okay. Question number... Uh, that was too long, so I just I was zoomed through these. Question number two. This time next year, how are we talking about Trevor Lawrence? Uh, like a top... Like, like we talk about Justin Herbert now. I think. Yeah. Like not like quite that. there, but... But a basically there and a, bo- a blast to watch every week. Question number three, gun to your head. Who starts week one for the San Francisco 49ers at quarterback? Trey Lance, because I'm freaked out about the Purdy I'm freaked thing. out too. It's too much baseball language. You know, that's when I when it. they're like, so the latest is that um, they couldn't do the surgery because there was like swelling and maybe it's a good thing. That, I don't know, but I'm reading that and I am not loving it. Not loving it. And I think Trey Lance would have had a shot. He wouldn't have been the favorite, but he, he would have had a shot in a normal scenario anyways in that you have to admit, here's a situation where having two quarterbacks is good. You just don't just have one. You have two. <laughs> Fair. Um, it is amazing. Trey Lance, like going back and talking about the draft capital that they gave up for him and then the way we're talking about him right now is like potentially being unseated by Brock Purdy is, is pretty – Remarkable, I guess, when you consider it. Okay, question four. I know these are all, like, predictions, so nobody will hold you to them. Question four, week one, is Lamar Jackson the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? Yes. I'm, that's, I'm rooting with – that's something I just want to happen. I don't want a, a world uh, – even though it would make the offseason interesting where he's up for sale. But some of these reports lately make you think that they will listen. So I'm wavering. I don't feel strong about this at all. I it's I went on a rant about this undebatable. I'd like to hear your take on it. So I've heard about the Ravens contract offers and it's a lot of guaranteed money, like more than Kyler Murray. Apparently, like this has been a very confusing story to discuss because like the details have been confusing. And, and but someone internally shared at ESPN, who would be in the in the know, basically was like, "Here's here's the financials," and I was like, "Whoa, that's a lot." Okay, so assuming that that's true, that the offer was way more than Kyler, more than Kyler's guarantees. Car- Kyler's guaranteed was 160, reportedly. Yeah, you know. I'm, okay. I'm just telling you what I heard. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a reporter. I'm just. No, no. I'm putting it out there too, so people know. Then that's the second highest. So if that's the case, just go all the way. Who cares? That's my take. Like, I feel like it's like a weird principled stand and like, it's like the owners be like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Whatever, man. If you like, if he gets hurt, you're screwed either way. If you're, if you're willing to offer him 75% or 80% of it, just do it. That's how, that's where I'm at with all of this. I mean, I agree. It, It is crazy to me for them to entertain offers because they don't want to fully guarantee a contract. I I think Lamar is attacking this somewhat simply, which is like, I deserve a guaranteed contract. Some team will give me a guaranteed contract. Are you going to be that team? Because the whole idea of like, well, we don't want to set set the precedent. Newsflash, if he gets Mm -hmm. traded, he's definitely getting a fully guaranteed contract, and it's going to be more than Deshaun Watson's contract. And if he was, God forbid, a free agent, which he's not going to be, he would get that contract too. I just don't for me it's just that jump from like you know 
uh, I don't know what the actual total would be, but like 180 million to 200 million or 230 million, just freaking do it. I don't like whatever. Like you're gonna get screwed if he gets hurt. Yeah, you're effed. But you were already effed if he got hurt. Now, like, if you got you're... like three firsts plus, I mean, it it would make the off season interesting. It does sound like through the reporting that the Ravens are at least curious, maybe what would be behind door number two, and if door number two is like three firsts and a third and you know a future whatever it's like okay let's let's see i wouldn't do it but it'd be interesting last question as always comes from lenny lenny's not gonna ask you about daniel jones anymore listeners should check out the around the nfl podcast Ray rosenthal's podcast he just wants to know how you feel though about the fact that we might be better friends with uh, Mark Sessler now. And I don't know if you heard, Sessler and I really, really bonded at the Super Bowl. Spent a lot of time together. Sat on a flight next to each other. Talked for hours. It wasn't really hours. Oh, I heard. Phoenix. Yeah. I heard from both of you. I got a, uh, a picture. <laughs> um, Mark is a, a fascinating, engrossing, uh, dynamic person. And I, I wouldn't blame you, you know, the, the around the NFL family, like wel- welcomes all. He is more dynamic than me. I'll give him that. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Greg. <laughs> See you.